0: Welcome to Left Out, reality-based independent radio on WRCT 88.3 FM and on the World Wide Web at leftout.info. Left Out discusses the news from a perspective left out of the mainstream media. It's co-hosted by me, Bob Harper. And me, Danny Slater. And today's program is produced, as usual, by Matt Hornyak. Uh, listeners are invited to call the program at 412-268-9728. When, anytime, during the, anytime during the show, we'd be happy to discuss with you. Or to send uh, electronic mail, I monitor electronic mail during the program, to bob at leftout.info.
1: We have one announcement today. There's a, um, a planned emergency protest against Israeli terror, and it's going to take place tomorrow, Wednesday the 26th at 6.30 p.m., Uh, near the fence on Carnegie Mellon's campus. And if you don't know where that is, it's right visible from Forbes Avenue near a clock in the middle of campus. Uh, It's sponsored by the Palestinian Solidarity Committee and the Pittsburgh Organizing Group and the Pittsburgh Anti-Racist Action Organization. more information about this this event, see pgh-psc.org. So uh, we've got a couple of things to talk about today, and... um, We'd like to um we encourage you to call up if you have any opinions to express. Uh keep to keep the program flowing smoothly. So um probably the biggest event is the the um the unfolding well catastrophe in the Middle East. You well to- yeah,
0: many many catastrophes in the Middle East. So uh obviously the one that's every uh that's in the news uh, at every moment at the moment is the uh the war in Lebanon. But if we look at it, first, let's look at the larger picture. Uh, we remember that the uh, the Cheney administration had grand plans for uh, bringing p- uh, p- uh, freedom and democracy to the Middle East. And we were going to go in and topple Saddam Hussein and thereby bring about the miraculous transformation of the region, solve all problems, and uh, meanwhile steal all the oil and everybody will be happy. Um, doesn't seem to be working out quite exactly the way that they uh, quite the way that they had predicted it's interesting that uh, when you're when you uh, have nothing but contempt for the reality based community, eventually the great thing about reality is that it comes up and bites you in the butt, and so uh, we can see what's going to happen uh, what's happening right now so just to sort of set the stage let's remind ourselves of a few things that have been going on. Obviously you know about the war in our, war in in uh, Lebanon, and we will uh, come back to that uh, shortly also uh, uh, the, uh, the puppet prime minister of Iraq, uh, Maliki, what is his first name? Uh, is uh, is uh, visiting Washington at the moment. Of course, he's uh, in completely in cahoots with the Bush administration. Has hardly any legitimacy or power in Iraq. So anything he says is part of a prearranged, uh, is prearranged, uh, mm-hmm. is absolutely prearranged. There are no surprises here. But one thing that, uh, two things that I noted. And one, I just saw uh, moments before coming to the studio today. So the first is that Maliki has been uh, saying openly on this trip that the what he called what he refers to as the project in Iraq. This is the Cheney administration's pipe dreams about revolutionizing mm-hmm. the world by military conquest uh, is, uh, is is a failure and that Iraq is going to divide itself into pieces. And they're talking about having East and West Baghdad and completely disintegrating the country and admitting, of course, that it's a civil war. Second is I just noticed just now, now a few, few moments ago, I don't know exactly when this was announced, but sometime this afternoon, uh, Bush has agreed to send more troops to Iraq. And, oh really? Yeah. at at, quote, at Maliki's quotes request. Now we all know about these requests. I mean, mm-hmm. we know, for for example, during the Cold War, that all of the all of the um, Warsaw Pact countries were requesting the protection of the uh, Soviet Union, and similarly here, Maliki is requesting that the mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, send more troops to Iraq to maintain order. And they, uh, 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 Shrub, made some kind of statement about you know what they were going to do in Maliki, making some statement about what they're going to do, imposing curfews and some other nonsense. Which has worked swimmingly so far, so I guess it's the right thing to do. Uh, but the key thing is, we are not talking about any p- troop withdrawal. We're talking about sending more troops. More troops, yeah. And again, yeah. As, we, as we've as we hammered home again and again and again for years here and left out amongst other places, we have every intention of occupying Iraq in perpetuity. This was the plan from day one. And this is uh, just part of it. Right. Mal- Maliki's in cahoots. This is not like. And
1: you can tell oh, the, you know, the building of the, the, be... the billion dollars they're spending to build. Giant mm. military bases in the middle of the country. Permanent bases. Permanent bases. Concrete. We're not talking about wooden houses. We're talking about permanent concrete structures and, and billions of dollars being spent.
0: And yet, people still. So, this is one thing. So, Iraq is completely falling apart. It's a civil war. It's absolutely a civil war. Maliki himself is talking about the division of Baghdad, the division of the country into different regions and so on. This is a civil war. However, John Negroponte, in his infinite wisdom, again, uh, uh, conveying their, uh, rep, you know, making very clear their disdain for reality, uh, has forbade the intelligence services in writing a national intelligence estimate to use the word civil war in connection with Iraq on the grounds that the president doesn't want to hear about any civil war in Iraq. Uh-huh. It. <laughs> so uh, if if, if, if well, wish, wishing could make it so, it would be great. I mean, I don't want to hear that uh, Cheney is running the government, but uh, unfortunately he is, whether I like it or not. Yeah. And uh, if I don't want to hear it, uh, putting myself in a closet and having my underlings keep me in a bubble doesn't change the fact that Cheney's the president, and uh, and the outcome is what the outcome is. But anyway, the the, the president, the putative president, the pseudo-president, uh, Charlie McCarthy is uh, doesn't want to hear about civil war because you see that would that would ruin his mm-hmm. delusions and so uh, the national intelligence estimate has now become a worthless document because of John Negroponte. Of course, we're hardly surprised about that because well, there already we was know a national H-
1: intelligence estimate that came out. In before the war 2002 which
0: is ignored but now they don't even bother to write them with any any anything right. even resembling a modicum of truth now they just like uh, why bother even issuing them okay it'll just be uh, a rah-rah document everything's going great it's just fabulous and the awful liberal media doesn't doesn't report all the good news and all the good news in Iraq so but Negroponte's history as we know is being the uh, US ambassador to Nicaragua Nicaragua or Honduras I uh, have to check on that uh, during the Reagan, uh, the Reagan attacks in Central America. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all of a piece. There's nothing new here. Now, going through the rest of the Middle East, uh, we're talking about the fabulous successes of the Cheney administration's policies. Uh, we have, for example, now we know we can see uh, there's a tremendous uh, – War, terrible war, going on in Lebanon at the moment, in which Israel is visiting collective punishment on the Lebanese and Hezbollah is launching rockets into mm-hmm. onto innocent civilians and in, in Haifa and neighboring areas. And uh, the two of them are having a uh, race to the bottom, is to see who can commit the uh, the worst atrocities on the other until, Against, until it's finally it's something happens. Civilians. Now it's we know who has the more firepower, so there's no doubt in that kind of a contest who will win. Um, but the contest does seem to be a race to the bottom of who can who can kill the more the more innocent people in retribution for uh retribution for the wrongs that have been visited on the on, on the party that's launching them uh, there was an article in the Jerusalem Post today I'll get the exact quote in a minute in which uh, high-ranking high uh, Israeli military uh, person I'll get through the I'll get you the exact quotes in a few moments um, was saying that he was ordered by the chief of the Air Force to destroy uh, 10 buildings in in, response, in in Lebanon in response to every rocket in, going into Haifa mm-hmm. now this goes back to the Romans uh, you kill one of ours we'll kill a hundred of yours yeah. and we know how successful the Roman Empire was once they got to that point.
1: There is a link on the website to that. Right, okay. Currently, yeah,
0: <clears throat> that would be good. And let, continuing our summary before we get into more details. Uh, so the the uh, and it's also obvious. I mean, it's been appalling to watch over the last week or two weeks uh, the way in which the Cheney administration has obviously been abetting uh, the attacks uh, into uh, into the Gaza Strip and also into Lebanon mm-hmm. are out of proportion to to the provocation. And also, as we'll talk about shortly, the um, way in which these things are always reported in a vacuum, as if absolutely everything was just all sweetness and light until Hezbollah had to go and ruin it.
1: Yeah, they, they kidnapped, and, they killed some, soldiers, they kidnapped some soldiers. Which they most certainly did, and they
0: most certainly did. But it's not as though these things happen in a vacuum. It's not as though uh, everything was absolutely just wonderful and dandy, and then those rotten yeah. subhuman uh, animals have, uh, you know, have started it. It's really not like that, clearly. Uh, and so the reporting in all this is appalling. Uh, another thing is uh, the Afghan government. Afghan gover- government. This only gets scant attention these days. Everybody's focused on Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, Israel, Palestine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but th- truth is, it's all falling apart over in Afghanistan. This is hardly any surprise because this was another all shrub the job. the taken
1: out. Exactly. This is another paid. shrub
0: job. Okay. And so what happened is Hamid Karzai, who was a crony uh, from Conoco Oil uh, prior to being installed as the president of as- Afghanistan, is is as 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 he was from the beginning, hardly more than the mayor of Kabul, and the whole country is is also descending into civil war and is being uh, controlled uh, once again by the Taliban. Regime, And in particular, uh, they announced this week that the uh, the uh, that as a result of our freedom and democracy campaign in Afghanistan, they are reinstating the morality police who are notorious during the Taliban regime hmm. for uh, punishing particularly women in public for misbehaviors like laughing audibly. And uh, and this is um, this is a. And my reading of it is that they are uh, – they are – you know, they have no the, – the, uh, Karzai's government has no power whatsoever. So in order to cover up for the fact that he has no choice about this, he's going to institute these policies of his own decision in order to appease, uh, appease the forces that are really running the country. It completely falls into so he's instituting a these policies,
1: bit. policies of, of yes, police women, making yes. sure
0: they're wearing the right – Restoring the burqas uh, exactly, and like that. Uh, exactly. And, but he's doing, they're doing that voluntarily, quotes, because, well, he has no choice. And why? Because he's not in charge of the country, mm-hmm. and he has, never has been, and he's less now than he ever was before. It's a phony. It's all phony. It's absolutely phony. And, and so um, we see, again, uh, another magnificent success of the Cheney administration's policies in the Middle East.
1: But when you really look at all of these things, the, the, the rise of the, the, the radical right mm-hmm. in Islam has really been triggered by... The years of atrocities by by the West and starting back back from uh, the the overthrow of the Mosaddegh, the democratically elected Mosaddegh government in Iran in 1953. Um, That's also
0: true. And again, it's amazing uh, how few uh, how few people like if you just took I think we've mentioned this before and left out if you just. Walk down the street and ask somebody, you know, uh, uh, you know, if uh, what they know about, if they know anything about, they don't know anything about this. You know, everything happens in a vacuum. It's like those Iranians—they're just inherently evil. That's all. They're just evil doers who are out mm-hmm. to do evil and wish to destroy the United States for no reason whatsoever, except that they're lunatic Muslims, right, and right. Uh, and and that's all there is to it. Uh, so uh, this is a standard story, and the standard—I think—the average person kind of believes this nonsense.
1: So, you can uh, this is uh, left out on WRCT. if you want to give us a call. Um, you can call 412 268 9728. That's 268 W R C T. So uh, yeah, you raised a whole bunch of
0: yeah, a so bunch of
1: things to talk a little, about.
0: A little summary there of like uh, our magnificent successes in the Middle East. We certainly are transforming the region and uh, that's pretty that's pretty evident. So where is this where is this all going to where is this all going to uh where's this all going to lead, Danny?
1: I don't know. I, I um So do you think know, just, uh, let's ask a ahead. question
0: here. Uh do, do you think this 10 for 1 retribution is uh in Israel's interest? Is this going to bring them long-term security? No. Don't you think that they can completely annihilate Hezbollah, grind them into dust, and eliminate them forever?
1: No. I don't think so, because every time you just uh, you 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 hurt an innocent innocent people, drive them destroy their homes, uh, kill them. Um, you just all you're doing is bolstering the opposition, bolstering the forces that are people who are going to spend their lives, they dedicate their lives to the destruction of Israel. So if anything, it just strengthens it tremendously. Uh, I was noticing that some of the um, a lot of the, there's a lot of completely incoherent things being said, and it's just kind of mind-boggling when, when, for I mean, there's a lot, this whole, the way this whole thing is unfolded. I mean, uh, for example, Connie Rice saying, well, we can't call for a ceasefire.
0: Yes, it would be impractical. It would, it would. That was, well, one, of, that was one of the studies. Oh, so impractical? It would be impractical. That, that was what
1: I'm thinking of when she said, um, well, it's like putting a Band-Aid on the problem. It's not really finding a solution. It's not a long-term solution. That is just preposterous. It's like saying, it's like you have a, a, a person bleeding to death. And, um, well, you don't go and you, you immediately should rush and treat them and stop the bleeding. But no, no, you don't want to do that because, well, he might have um, internal organ damage. So we just, um, you know, uh, be superficial to stop the bleeding. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the destruction is going on. The damage is being done. The, is, you know, to kill killings of, of you know, hundreds of innocent people, massive damage to the infrastructure. To say that that's we want that to continue is just is grotesque. And uh, that's what she's saying. And and if you add to that the, the, the shipment of weapons, the emergency shipment of bombs that Israel needs from the U.S., they're, they're, they've asked for, you know, more of these laser-guided bombs or whatever, um, they can blow up more bridges and more apartment buildings and yeah, more uh, other infrastructure. This,
0: this, well, the speculation is that the, uh, the uh, framework of under, underground bunkers and— uh, 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 what am I looking for uh, for for taking refuge against attackers, too two are rather strongly reinforced, so they need more powerful weapons. Oh, to really? Okay, them.
1: but my my point was just that the U.S. is just being completely implicated as a partner with Israel in this. Yes, I mean the notion that Israel is doing its own thing and is uh, is, is is completely blown away. You know, blown away by that. So everybody knows that it's the U.S. The U.S. is working with Israel in concert. To, to commit these atrocities. And so the blowback that we're going to... It's not just going to blow back to Israel, it's going to blow back to us. And that's a, Right. Really I mean, I think it's, it's, it's
0: widely uh, thought, it seems to me, that, uh, you know, I think average person, in, at least in some of these areas in the Middle East, uh, don't make any particular distinction between Israel and the U.S. I mean, that's also part of, part of what's going on with the 9-11 attacks. Um, I think it's just... Uh, it obviously they aren't it is a completely distinct but it's also obviously true that uh, we're eagerly we're not trying to play an even-handed middleman here we're not trying to be an arbiter right. in any sense of balance of consideration as for example Clinton had done yeah. rather successfully
1: so uh, another example of something that that um, was seemed totally obvious to me was this notion that uh, that this attack was in a response to the the current immediate current events which was Hezbollah you know kidnapping a couple of soldiers and demanding a, a prisoner exchange uh that 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 this was the reason the justification for Israel to to start this this war um that didn't make any sense to me and it turns out well uh that that in fact this war had been planned for years and they were just waiting for the proper circumstances in which they could pull out to try out some excuse and then carry out these attacks on Lebanon.
0: So we saw, I mean, it's it's an old story, right? The war to end all wars. I mean, every war is the war to end all wars. I mean, that's that's always the case. Uh, in 1982, uh, invasion into Lebanon that Sharon led, which uh, became infamous and also became a terrible albatross for Israel. They eventually had to pull out. It was a tremendous burden for them. So when they launched that war, that was for the same reasons, exactly the same reasons. Modulo minor details. But here's the important thing to point out. So the enemy at that time was Fatah, which was a Palestinian uh, organization that was uh, was attacking Israel, clearly, Uh, and uh, and which was going to be wiped out by this invasion. And the idea was to crush them and decimate them and wipe them out once Mm -hmm. and forever. Well, 1982, you know, Hezbollah did not exist. There was no such thing as Hezbollah. And they went in in and just completely non-existent organization. The only organization there was was the was the Fatah, which was the uh, uh, militant wing of the PLO, I believe, of the Palestinian, what eventually was of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Arafat's uh, organization. And um, and now you see, it was magnificently successful. I mean, they crushed all of them. They completely wiped them out. Famous massacres in Sabra mm-hmm. Shatili, right, re- right. refugee camps. Absolutely, you know, 100 for one, 10 for one, whatever number you'd like to make, decimation, you know, there's no question who has the greater military strength. Uh, And now what do we have? Well, there's still the Fatah is still around. And now we also have Hezbollah. You see, it works. It works beautifully. I mean, really, they should do it again. It's like a hydra. Keep chopping, (laughs) keep chopping. You'll just get more. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. And and so that from the point of view of what personally I think would be in Israel's long term interest, I think this behavior accomplishes nothing. And and after all, I mean, I think we were discussing privately, but I've uh, mentioned it by analogy. If you take these organizations like Hezbollah, which I have no doubt is, a you know, a gang of thugs, there's no question that they, you know, attack innocent civilians for the sake of attacking innocent civilians. There isn't any question about that. They're doing that as uh, as a criminal immoral act for their own reasons of protesting their, you know, the Palestinian cause. okay. They're they're a gang of thugs. Mm -hmm. But a similar situation. But the fact is that under the circumstances that they're in, the average person uh, is going to support them. And I I make an analogy. Like I remember visiting uh, Northern Ireland in the early – in the mid-1980s, visiting Belfast and other areas of Northern Ireland. And one of the things that, again, it was perfectly obvious – you know, the IRA was functioning as as a, a gang, as a bunch of thugs. There was extortion schemes going on. Many of the bombings that, that went on in, in Belfast and in Northern Ireland were just a result of rackets. They were just extortion schemes. Either you pay up or we'll blow you up. Yeah. You know, these guys, it uh, has to be said, these guys were thugs. But people... Supported them, why, because well, look at the look at the larger circumstances, look at the civil rights causes that initiated the mm-hmm. modern troubles, look at the way if you go to visit there it 's less true now than it was then uh, when I was there, but it, it was quite evident the segregation and discrimination that was in place systematically. And, it, and so people are, that's what they're stuck with. They're going to embrace the IRA. You know, they don't really want them in a, in a condition of, uh, you know, in an otherwise uh, all-else-being-equal kind of circumstance. And nobody's going to line themselves up w- with, with, that ki- with that type of person and murderous people. But, you know, in a last resort, desperate situation... Right. Of course you are. Absolutely, of course you are. And I, I, I speculate. I've never been to Lebanon. I don't know anything about, uh, have no direct experience as I have in Northern Ireland. But it seems to me that, you know, the average person, let's say, who's a Muslim or an Arab, Palestinian who is maybe in, 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 in Lebanon or even not, is going to rally behind, uh, if, if, if nothing else, mentally, in their own mind, uh, in support for, uh, of, of organizations like Hezbollah, even when they're committing atrocities like launching rockets into or you know doing suicide bombings or whatever it is you know yeah. the whole the whole 9 yard people are going to support that crap and coming in and trying to do like oh we're, well we'll show you we will out we will we will uh, you know we will outdo you by a factor of ten in atrocities isn't going to accomplish anything so I have a quote here this is from the uh, Jerusalem Post a uh, high, uh, high-ranking uh, IAF officer uh, Israeli Air Force officer caused a storm on Monday in an off-record briefing during which he told reporters that IDF chief of staff IDF being Israeli Defense for force uh, chief of staff Lieutenant General uh, Dan Halutz, H-A-L-U-T-Z. Excuse me, my pronunciation is wrong. Had ordered the military to destroy ten buildings in Beirut in retaliation to every Katusha rocket strike on Haifa. So every one of ours, ten of yours. So if you look at what's really been going on, I mean, uh, there have been photographs and lots well documented. You know, complete destruction of apartment buildings and so on mm-hmm. that are that are in in uh, in 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 Beirut or in the in the ne- neighborhood of Beirut. I mean, I, I guarantee you, you blow up one of those apartment buildings, you're going to take 10 times that many people who are going to hate you forever and do anything to get revenge. Uh, they'll kill themselves, they'll, they'll commit suicide, and you cannot, you cannot fight against people who are willing to, who are just freely willing to die in order to get you. You can't defend yourself, it's a, it's a hopeless situation. Yeah. This was, a, in my opinion, this is a never-win mm-hmm. situation. This will never, ever win. This will never win. Never in a million years will this win. It's only going to perpetuate the conflict, and um, and yet it's perfectly clear that the Cheney administration and the right wing uh, political uh, uh, politicians in power in Israel seem to have this view that they're they're going to win it out by you know by beating them into non existence. And uh, I say um, you know in a, in a manner of speaking, good luck, by which I mean there's no chance that that's ever going to happen. It's never, going to, it's never going to lead to any kind of victory or stability or resolution of the issue. But it um, seems
1: like uh, apparently a, a large purpo- um, percentage of Israelis support this.
0: Well, which... think, th- put yourself in their position. I mean, you know, there's a situation of like suicide bombings, for example, all these atrocities that are committed on a regular basis. It's a natural thing to want revenge. I mean, I want to hit back as much as anybody yeah. else wants to hit back. That's a perfectly normal thing. But this is why you have leadership and they're just as they're just it's just so obvious that there's no chance that this is going to lead to any resolution it's not it's not it's just going to lead to a greater and more impassioned desire for retribution and that retribution will be exacted and it will not be stoppable and and you know, what are they going to do engage in a genocide we'll we'll come to that in a moment uh, some people in the US unfortunately seem to believe that that's, uh, that's the way to, that's the way to go we can have the uh the ultimate the the ultimate irony of of, of uh, Israel
1: committing genocide against... well
0: that's what people some people are advocating wipe out the arabs you know wipe them all out you know just just get rid of them um you know I'm not saying that's anyone's policy, but I am saying that there are plenty of people who advocate that and uh, and a lot of that's coming from the u s and I think you know the, the, it's self evidently nonsense
1: yeah so um Another thing I noticed is that um, even on the left there – well, I noticed that democracy now, which I've been listening to regularly, um, has had a, no, you know, a number of critical reports based on what's going on in Lebanon and, and uh, what's – um, uh, Israeli uh, uh, refuseniks, people who are in the peace movement who used to be in the military. Um, and stuff like that but but a lot of what I normally listen to at liberal uh, commentators are not coming out against israel on this mm-hmm. um it's it's something that again if one of these examples of uh Israel being a kind of um electric um you third know, rail I mean. third rail right you, you, even even the liberals are, are are afraid to touch israel because they 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 could lose a lot of their um a lot of their support uh, for example, there's a guy named Ed Schultz whose program I listen to sometimes that's uh, it's uh, it's like I've got a podcast for it. It's not on the air in Pittsburgh, but um, he's a Midwestern uh, guy. He's on the air in hundreds of stations. He's uh, kind of a Midwestern. Uh, you know, he's a fisherman. He's a boater. He's a you know he's a hunter. He's a kind of big, burly, tough guy, but he's a liberal. And so I think he's really got a lot of credibility in the in the, in that crowd. But even he has not come out against um, against Israel in this in this one. Um, well, and um, everyone can relate
0: to the revenge motive.
1: But uh, committing
0: atrocities and retaliation for atrocities is only going to lead to further atrocities. And uh, in the U.S. in particular is not, and nor is anyone else, nor is Tony Blair, uh, holy Tony Blair, uh, doing anything to try to mediate this or mitigate this or try to step in in between. It's uh, absolutely nothing. And I think it's... Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's part of, uh, part Is, of the issue. In fact, we've been Rice eagerly. Doing something?
1: Isn't Condi Rice over yeah. there doing something yeah, right now?
0: Yeah, I, she, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the surprise, I love this surprise visit. This Now you got me on another tirade. I love this surprise visit crap. Uh, <laughs> where the idea is just to like try to seize the, you know, the news cycles to try to pretend that there's something actually going on. First of all, it's not a surprise visit. If it were a surprise visit, it would be proof positive. It would be self-refuting because it would be proving for certain that this is not serious. You don't just show up in a war zone and decide you're going to have a meeting with the prime minister or the president and uh, try to sort this out without any prior notice of any kind whatsoever, unless you're absolutely not serious and you're doing it only for the photo op so either she's either she's a liar or she's opposing a poser and a liar uh either way you look at it she's a liar so uh that's all nonsense i mean it's perfectly clear that the u.s government it's probably quite prearranged. i mean they knew well in advance i think i would say that Israel is going to do this, and if you just walk oh. it back for over the last few months, I mean, you know, this current round, I mean, the, the, okay, first of all, it's a circle, so there's no beginning, but a a or if, the, if there is a beginning, it goes back decades. But the uh, but certainly part of the current round was the election of the Hamas government uh, in, in Palestine. Of course, see, we're bringing freedom and democracy to the Middle East, and yeah, amongst yes. other well, one of the uh, one yeah. of the attributes of democracy is that people would have elections; they decide who they would elect. As with Northern Ireland, where where the uh irish catholics in the north would consistently election feign in as in palestine it's just human nature it's hardly surprising that they would elect Hamas as uh, to represent them so what did the united states and the u.s immediately do well they're they're Terrorist organization, and uh, and started to starve them out financially, economically. Mm-hmm. Uh, have an embargo, firing on their, uh firing missiles on them. There was the attack on the beach, knocking out the power supplies. There was kidnapping, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But the thing was, uh, uh, this this was a big part of the current uh, the current thing at issue was the very idea of electing Hamas. Well, look, a either you are going to have freedom and democracy or you are not. Okay, uh, b if people elect to if you if you subjugate people in a certain manner they are going to respond in an entirely predictable manner as the Northern Irish Catholics election thing yeah. so but, the Palestinians but, but, will elect. But you Hamas. do
1: have to have people with some legitimate political <clears throat> goals who are willing to negotiate and maybe they maybe they would have been willing to do that um, I mean, Hamas maybe would have been willing to negotiate. I don't know. But that was What's certainly been, not the attitude Western that was tribe. taken.
0: The immediate attitude was taken. This is totally unacceptable, right, totally and we're not doing anything right. until, we're to until, them, until you, you undo this. You're
1: blockading yeah. and all that. Cut, cut the money from, from going in there.
0: This, this of course, you know, being freedom and democracy. I have two,
1: kid, I have two kids, two mm-hmm. boys uh, sev, ages 7 and 4, and I taught them the word escalation. Uh, you know, something happened, some small little altercation uh, then the next, the, the one boy will hit the other one, or do something worse to the other one. And they'll go back and forth, and it'll eventually become a, a full-scale fight. But, but I mean, this is what this is what you know seven-year-old kids do. Um, they don't understand the notion of moderation, and control, and and de-escalation. But this is this is the way things go. Have been going in the Middle East for um, uh, forever. And uh, just to, one thing of note that if you listen to, I've listened to some left, uh, some right-wing talk radio, and and. It's almost uniformly, you know, just totally um, outraged about, you know, what the what the uh, what you know the, the the Palestinians have done and how terrible it is. The kidnapping of the soldier and they, you know and so on. Um, what's almost never talked about is the fact that there are nine thousand Palestinians locked up in Israeli jails, rotting away, and they've been there for a long, long time. Many of them are women and children who are being held. And uh, that was what, what was wanted by the Palestinians when they kidnapped that soldier, the exchange for that soldier for some of the prisoners. I mean, that's an example of a political goal that, that you know, uh, could have been part of a, you know, an attempt to get some settlement going, some discussion going. Um, if you want to give us a call at, uh, on uh, left out on WRCT, it's, um, you can call 412-268-9728. So, uh, well, we have um, well. There's a couple. There's a lot more to talk about. I mean, yes. another, just a couple of other examples I, I, I mentioned on the web page: uh, Israel's use of white phosphorus, um, uh, which is a you know a terrible type of weapon, which the U.S. has also used in, in, in Iraq. It, burned, it burns people up in the most you know grotesque way. Uh, they've also used cluster bombs. So these are examples of atrocities committed by you know, uh, war crimes committed by Israel. Specifically, to targeting indiscriminately targeting civilians, um, which of course again are just going to add to their to their problems down the line with the the uh, the um, the response that they'll get. So, uh, what other? Are...
0: So, one other thing I wanted to mention, I, I alluded to earlier, and I'm just uh, checking the references on this now. Is uh, Alan Dershowitz, the uh, the uh, oh yeah the uh, the 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 Harvard professor, the the venerable uh, Harvard law professor, the well known liberal part of the liberal university establishment in America at Harvard University, uh, has uh, decided that uh, in response to criticisms over the. slaughter of civilians in in Lebanon as a result of the air attacks uh, uh, against them, uh, that there are degrees of civilianity. That's the quote, degrees of civilianity. In other words, how civilian are you? So, you know, I mean, after all, as a comment I saw from uh, Juan Cole, uh, which uh, he gives this argument, he says that uh, uh, if we were allowed to make finer distinctions, how many of those innocent civilians would actually still be innocent if we could Kind of grade them out according to their civilization.
1: Uh, that's what that's <clears throat> what
0: um, Dershowitz is arguing. Dershowitz is arguing yes. So Juan Cole says, "Well, I don't know why Dershowitz stops here. Let me reformulate his argument for him. Shouldn't we recognize degrees of humanness? After all, isn't that the real problem? I mean, the uh, that that the enemy is considered a full human being in the law of war. That horrible Supreme Court judgment that Ham, Ham Hamdan had had uh, had to be given a trial of some sort was based on the misunderstanding that he's a human being." And it seems uh perilously close to that argument, and again going back to the uh to the uh to the uh the the vile positions that I think people uh, who are supposedly respectable people in the u s are taking, we have Alan Dershowitz here, the liberal of course from uh, mm-hmm. the liberal uh educational establishment at Harvard University, arguing that uh well if if we had degrees of civilianity, maybe those innocent civilians wouldn't really be so innocent after all. So uh well, make of that what you will, but uh geez, you know it's it 's hard uh, hard not to hard not to draw analogies with the standard form of uh, regarding people as subhuman as a justification for wiping them out. And uh, again, I find it uh, absolutely shocking. Um, yeah. Not that surprising. I find it shocking on its own terms, but I don't find it that surprising coming from uh, from Alan Dershowitz, uh, who uh, seems to have descended further and further and further into some kind of a some kind of a mania uh, over these things. It's, uh, quite amazing. So that's uh, an interesting uh, item. You should have a have a look at that. You might want to uh, might want to have a look at that. Well, why don't we take a brief break here. It's uh, uh, six uh, 640. We'll take a brief uh, musical break, catch our breath. Uh, when we come back, you're welcome to call us or during the break, 412-268-9728, or you can send mail to Bob at leftout.info. We'll be back shortly. <clears throat> Thank
1: supporting but what do you say to critics who believe that you're ignoring the advice of retired generals military (laughs) commanders who say that there needs to be a change
2: All the wealthy leave and all the poor behind I am the egghead I'm the commander I'm the decider I'm the decider And I decide what is best And what's best is for Don Rumsfeld To remain as the secretary of defense Sitting in a white house garden Talking to the Lord but my thoughts would be busy, busy hatching if I only had a brain. I am the egghead. I'm the commander. I'm the decider. We got the reputations. It's I the. I say, listen, all boys, you can make the final decision, and Don Rumsfeld is doing a fine job. He's not only transforming the military, he's fighting. voices and i know the speculation I'm
1: the decider
0: and I Don that's Paul Hipp uh, doing I am the decider uh, in honor of our fearless leader so we have, uh, we have a, uh, uh, and sorry, also a quick apology for a little technical glitch in the beginning there. That was our fault for uh, not uh, coordinating properly with our producer. So uh, excuse us there. Uh, so we're back again. This is Left Out. Uh, you're listening to Left Out, reality-based independent radio on WRCT at 8.3 FM. You're welcome to phone us at uh, 412-268-9728. You can also send mail to bob at leftout.info, and we monitor that during the show. So a topic that's come up is uh, the American Bar Association that I'd like to talk about. Is the American Bar Association made a uh, – uh, has published a document uh, which they uh, – about uh, – I forget the force of the document. I have to look. That a committee looking into the use of the signing statements by the Bush administration, uh, which has really gained quite a lot of uh, attention recently. We've uh, certainly talked about this previously on Left Out. Uh, I think uh, most of our listeners will certainly know about this, but just to remind you, uh bush has made a habit of uh of, of whenever signing a piece of legislation uh to uh, associate with it a document in which he describes the his own personal interpretation of that legislation often stating the extent to which if any that he intends to enforce or not enforce that law and how he uh, how he intends to, how he regards it he regards it as not binding and irrelevant and uh in most cases the only time he's ever used his veto was a week ago in this last week uh, in connection with the stem cell research. Uh, we might come back to that a little bit later. Uh, other than that, he's never vetoed a single bill, but he's issued signing statements that say, uh, oh, ha, 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 I just signed this bill, yeah. but it's totally meaningless. Yeah. Now, the big dispute, of course, just to give continue with the background a little bit, the big dispute is that, uh, well, they don't have any... Force of law, uh, or do they? Well, uh, so the the question is, of course, there is no provision in the Constitution for the president mm-hmm. to right. issue a signing statement in which he can just thumb his nose at the Congress. And uh, but so you ask, why is he doing this, and how did this get started? Well, it got started as a policy that was suggested and formulated by none other than Samuel Alito, not to say Scalia, who is now on the who is now on the Supreme Court, who was appointed by Bush. And it has escalated dramatically uh, in the Bush administration. My own personal opinion, this opinion alert here, my own personal opinion is that this is a, this is a uh, booby trap. Okay, that the reason for giving these signing statements, which otherwise seem to have maybe they're abrasive, maybe you don't like them, whatever. The reason to do them, it seems to me, is a booby trap. I have the feeling or the fear, you can say, and take this for what it's worth. Now, what's going to happen is somewhere down the line, the Scoleto court is going to decide uh, in the connection with some legal decision or another that the signing statement does, in fact, have the force of law. That the signing statement is binding and is relevant to mm-hmm. the interpretation of the law. And, and then in a stroke, we'll have done away with dozens upon dozens of, our, of, of, of items of legislation, of, of bills, that have been signed by this president uh, and, and put it into law. And modified with And modified at the stroke of a pen. Modified with just that statement. This is my worry because I cannot think of another reason for, for doing this. You know, why Why do this? I mean, even if, let's say, you were the president and you had no intention of enforcing this law, why would you thumb your nose at the public? Why would you, you know, announce this, right? Mm-hmm. You would just fail to do it. It would be yeah. benign well, well, what neglect. Is, what right? is
1: the the, the, the correct uh, process for uh, a president mm-hmm. who... Well, so one of the things that the signing statement does is that the 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 departments in the administration that are supposed to be enforcing the law... Yeah,
0: they're getting... They're they getting get a the...
1: message to the signing statement saying... Don't do this. Yeah, like they the know torture, exactly the torture thing. Like, the torture uh, man saying, "Okay, well, I don't uh, the, the, ignore this part of the law that says you can't torture." That was the McCain, like the uh, McCain uh, amendment.
0: Yeah, or or John um, Ashcroft's uh, policy about the Freedom of Information Act. You know, telling the government employees that they would never be prosecuted for failing to comply yeah. with the Freedom of Information so, so, Act. So, um, the,
1: the this mm. they can all. So here's my question: What has traditionally happened to a president who doesn't enforce part of a law that? he doesn't like
0: that's a very I mean, good question they, i don't for know exa- okay that.
1: just recently for example bush has apparently decided to cut um the enforcement of the estate tax they've cut like hundreds of lawyers inside of the irs whose job was is that true yes i didn't know recently that. this has happened so they they've um oh <laughs> okay so so what i'm saying is that that's an example where here's a law you've got this estate tax you've got to pay the tax now Bush has decided, and it wasn't forced to some extent, there were lawyers inside of the IRS looking at people's tax returns, auditing them, and now he's cutting back on that tremendously. So it's going to be much easier. There's going to be the loopholes are going to be bigger and it's going to be easier to get away with with shenanigans. Ah,
0: so uh, in, um, in, in in connection with my theory about this, uh, here's something that uh, that I missed and uh, Matt Horniak our producer pointed out to me. In connection with the Hamdan case in which uh, a, a divided court ruled against uh, or ruled against uh, uh, against Bush's treatment of uh, detainees uh, in connection with the uh, uh, the Iraq War and the so-called War on Terrorism. This is a quotation now from uh, Scalia. Um, of course in its discussion of legislative history the court wholly ignores the president's signing statement which explicitly set forth his the emphasis in the original understanding that the detainee treatment act ousted jurisdiction over pending cases so there we are i as it turns out my fear is not wholly unsubstantiated here <laughs> and also been- this there was a concurring opinion from Alito, of course, uh, mm-hmm. there is a shock, okay, uh, on this particular, on the, and, and no doubt, although I'd have to check, but no doubt uh, the... Uh uh, what's his name, the incompetent on the court who just uh, follows whatever Scalia tells him Oh, to it was Thomas. Thomas, yeah, no yeah. doubt Thomas. Uh, so here we have that uh, Scalia, oh, the great scholar, the great legal scholar, right, Constantine... Right. Uh, 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 well, Scalia or... Scalia. Or, or, Scalia. Or, um, no, yes. Scalia. Well, he's the great legal scholar. I don't yeah. know if you know that. Uh, here he is uh, uh, trying to give the force of law to uh, signing statements. So it it is, to a degree, at least as I predicted. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to the American Bar Association. Yeah. So what are they so, doing? Um, um, uh, uh, I have to look at this. Okay, so the, uh, the, the, they, uh, they had a task force dealing with this uh, pre- uh, so-called pre- task force on presidential signing statements and the separation of powers doctrine. And here are their chief findings, and you should really pay close attention to this. Uh, They voted to, first of all, oppose, as contrary to the rule of law in our constitutional system of separation of powers, a president's issuance of signing statements to claim the authority or state the intention to disregard or decline to enforce all or part of a law he has signed or to interpret such a law in a manner inconsistent with the clear intent of Congress. They also voted to urge the president, <laughs> if he believes that any provision of a bill pending before Congress would be unconstitutional if enacted, to communicate such concerns to Congress prior to passage. Well, the, boy, that's a that's a illogical. Who would ever have thought of that? Urged the president, oh, uh, uh, huh, to confine, confine any signing statements to his views regarding the meaning, purpose, and significance of the bills and to use his veto power if he believes that all are part of a bill is unconstitutional. How could one argue with any of these things if one was an American and respected the Constitution? Also voted to urge Congress to enact legislation ah, <laughs> requiring the president to promptly to submit to Congress any official, an official copy of all signing statements and to report to Congress the reasons and legal basis for any instance in which he claims the authority or states the intention to disregard or well, decline these, to enforce all or part of a law he has signed. I'm reading from this from the findings. Well, these are
1: just recommendations. These are not- That's true, but
0: my point is that these things are self-evident. Why do these things even need to be stated? And also, that's the one point. The second point is when you read them, and you read them in light of the Bush administration, they're a joke. Right. These guys are going to completely disregard them. They have, no respect right, for, they have no respect for the rule of law. And they're doing, they they're no doing this specifically for,
1: for, 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 for a purpose.
0: And finally, they uh, urge the Congress to enact legislation that enables the president, enabling the president, Congress, or other entities or individuals to seek judicial review of signing statements to the extent constitutionally permissible, and urge Congress and the president to support a judicial resolution of the president's claim or interpretation. But again, you know, the uh, the uh, the president in in in, in 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 action is just going to tell them to go straight to hell. I mean, but this isn't is the only solution. Absolutely for sure. is it
1: the only solution offered by the Constitution to impeach the president?
0: Uh, I think that is the only I mean, solution, it, yes. It, it, but it, as we've commented many times and left out, we no longer have a Congress, we have a Politburo. Uh, what we have is a complete, we've spoken about this, one thing that it seems to me the greatest threat to our country is the unanticipated collusion of all three branches of government. Because we have a situation right, where right. the Congress, by explicit design, and the President and the Supreme Court, to the extent possible, which is ever increasing, is are colluding on this kind of right-wing fantasies of a unitary executive of pre, of unlimited presidential war powers for mm-hmm. war that is, you know, declared conveniently against no particular target and with no particular uh, ends in mind. The long war, as it's sometimes mm-hmm. called, these things are 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 uh, are part of the a whole collusion to overturn the government and people, our system of government, I should say, and and people, I think, are just sleepwalking. People are not realizing what is going on here. These people are truly evil. Can you hear that? These people are truly evil. They have every intention of undermining and doing away with our constitutional system of government. It's totally obvious, is it not? Now the most uh, recent thing is uh, another recent thing uh, supporting this is though uh, is the whole business with the illegal spying, uh, domestic spying, which is going on as we speak, no doubt. Uh, everything we're saying is being recorded by the what is it called, Raptor? <laughs> well, no, we what are is that, what is that over the air. What is that big satellite called that they, uh, oh, that they using Raptor? To, isn't it called Ra- Raptor? No, it's something similar to that. Okay, something like something that conjures up the image of a gigantic maw uh, <laughs> that uh, is consuming everything. Uh, Matt says it's echelon, but I, I have something else in mind. I don't that has this big maw image associated with it, but anyway, you know the, the illegal domestic spying is going on all the time, and of course, you know we all know uh, it's like uh, you know that that that's for other people. If you if you don't have anything to hide, Danny, what are you so worried about?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I, I just worried about what's going to happen, uh, and uh, I, f- I feel pretty safe <clears throat> right now. I, I, I guess I'm willing to go on the air and, and state my views. Um yeah wait maybe for the foolishly yeah. yeah
0: yes well we have uh, we have we have shrub to protect us the decider uh, so please uh, feel free to call us at 412-268-9728. We have about four minutes remaining in the show. It would be a perfect opportunity to give us a call. Uh, I wondered if you – but I do recommend that you have a look at this ABA statement. I, I admit that viewed from a certain perspective, it's a joke because uh, it's none like of this will happen. Yes,
1: it reminds me of recommending I – mean, You know the, the email I get all the time saying – Please call your senators. Please call Senator Santorum and uh yeah. try to convince him to to uh to allow stem cell research. I mean it's like talk right. about pissing in the wind. I, mean, uh, I know completely. Yes. Uh, pissing into a tornado. It's ridiculous. Uh,
0: I I know. Uh, but it's the same thing,
1: Recommend. Me. Well, Bush, could you please uh you know but, contact Congress but as I when, say, when the you want to do the significance agree with legislation? of the statement
0: is that it has to be made. Yeah. I mean that to me that is the, the that's the thing that should scare people. You know, they, they didn't just sort of, you know, idly sit around and cook up some cockamamie thing out of a whole cloth to decide to, you know, put forth this statement about. I mean, it's, uh, there's, a seri- there's a serious threat here that we've observed many times. So, uh, uh, yes, the country continues to go straight to hell uh, under the leadership of the decider. We only have two and a half more years to go. Plenty of time so, to really screw things up.
1: So uh, on a later show... Um well, oh, I just want to mention, that. well, if you don't mind me changing the subject slightly. No, not at all. Uh, just for the last two minutes. Um, there's a uh, movie just just came out, a new movie called Who Killed the Electric Car? And I haven't seen it yet because it hasn't come to town. Um, a friend of mine uh, was visiting me from California over the weekend, and he had seen the movie, and we were t- discussing it. Um sounds like an excellent movie, and I highly recommend going to it if if you have a chance or if, if it eventually comes out on DVD. But the... Um, Think about the electric car. It's really a not not a very well known story. Um, electric cars were developed by a number of car manufacturers in the in the '90s, um, including Toyota and General Motors. And General Motors built a car called the EV One, uh, and they leased it. and You could get on a waiting list, and you could you could lease the car for a couple hundred I don't know four, three or four hundred a month or something like that, and um, you could recharge the car by plugging it in. and it It, it was a great car. People loved the car. Um, people who had it. They, they fell in love with it because it's it's so it was so quiet. It was so maintenance free. It was so, you know, was powerful. Uh, it could go something like eighty miles uh, without a re, you know for reach, between recharges. Um, and um, eventually, um, the program was killed and GM's. And in fact, the programs for all of the different car companies, the electric cars, all, all the different manufacturers, they killed all their programs. And um, in the case of GM. Because they at leased the cars, um, nobody owned these cars, and they simply recalled them. And um, what they did with the cars now that was they, they um, shredded them. They took these cars, and they just ground them up and threw them all away. And um, the movie documents uh, that process of, of how they collected the cars and how people tried to prevent them from collecting the cars and how they documented... Uh, they tried to buy the cars. They, they, there was a warehouse, a, a lot full of cars that that were about to be going to be sent off to be shredded, uh, and uh, the people bu- uh, raised a couple million dollars to, and said, "Please let us buy these cars for." You know, it was it was like twenty thousand dollars each they had, and GM says, "No, you can't." Um, the claim is that GM. Let me just finish this point. The GM says the reason that they're, they they did this and they killed the program was that oh, there wasn't the demand for it, but that doesn't explain why they shredded the cars why they wouldn't let people have these cars. And the, reason, and the reasons they give are, are nonsense, like they're not safe and so on. I mean, how many, un- how many unsafe cars are driving around? It's, it's ridiculous. It's not their responsibility.
0: Well, uh, I think we'll have to take this up in a future, uh, future edition of Left Out. We may have a guest uh, to talk about that. Yeah, uh, We've come to the end of the hour. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this edition of Left Out. Thanks again to Matt Horniak for producing today's program. We'll be back in two weeks' time.